Welcome everyone to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, deepen their connection to His family, deepen their connection to His mission. My name is David McCumber, and this is my good friend, Bill Lackey. Here I am, deepening our friendship, David. That's what this podcast does. It does. That's one reason why people should listen, because they deepen their friendship with us. Digitally. A digital friendship. I hate digital friendships. I know. Social media is a plague. Be on the be on the lookout. Because I'm gonna rant. I'm gonna rant about social media today for oh, sure. Alright, so we're gonna recap this last week. We're gonna recap the sermon. So why should people stick around? Well, for one thing, um, you know, last week was um the second part of our um 10 year birthday celebration and so now we're kind of transitioning back into a normal podcast and so i'm sure that our listeners are eager to hear what's been going on with us what's been going on at revolve um and i know that they want to hear more about the sermons and the book clubs and the the orphans we rescued last week from that burning building all that stuff i know people want to hear about um i you know there's a there's like a buzz about the I feel like what I'm finding is there's like a buzz at Revolve, and I don't want to start to make a division in the church because yeah. we're seeking unity. But there's like the people who listen to the podcast and the people who don't. It's it's the truth, David. And people are coming and they're like, oh, I'm going to bring you a BLT. And then people are like, what's what? a BLT? What is a BLT? What are they talking about? Is it a cooking show? <laughs> like you got to listen. So if you're listening... You're uh, you're one of the podcast listeners. Yeah, that's right. If you're listening, you're listening. We're going to make t-shirts that say, bring me a BLT, and no one will know. Oh, yeah. No, what was the other thing we said the other day? It was like we coined it as like a phrase, uh, the do's and don'ts are done. Wasn't there something else that we said, too? Yeah, that was a good one, too. I do's, remember the do's and don'ts are done. All right, well, let's get started, Bill. What's the question of the day? The question of the day is, do you feel like you get enough sleep? Oh, No. I can answer that wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. No. Now, can you tell me why? Well, I'm, I'm overweight and I have sleep apnea and, and uh, you know, I fall asleep and start snoring and I choke myself to death. Wow. How does that make you feel? Like a failure as a human, Bill. <laughs> like I'm squandering this life. Wow. But no, I think, uh, yeah, it has a lot to do with it, but I'm I have a hard time falling asleep. Really? I feel like I see you fall asleep no, pretty see, easily. See, that's in the daytime. In the daytime, I fall asleep. And this is the, this, I talk, Melissa and I have this conversation all the time. Okay. I can take a nap and fall asleep in five minutes and sleep for a solid hour and a half. 17 hours. <laughs> solid hour and a half in the middle of the day. Uh, like Garfield. And, but at night it'll be, I usually go to bed about 10. What if you're not sleeping at night because of your nap? I don't, I'm not going to give up the nap, but no, cause I lay in bed and I, my mind won't turn off. I thinking about, I'm thinking about the next thing. I get all these ideas and I just, I can't turn my brain off at night and I have a piece of paper next to the bed. I try to write the ideas down because oh then goodness. I go, I have to stay up and remember these things. I was going to ask me about this. Yeah. That's good. Um, so. you're a classic overthinker. You know what I mean? Just always thinking. That's why they call you Thinky Man David. Thinky Man? That's, <laughs> that's the best you they, could come up with? That's what they call you. 
Who's they? Kodiak calls you thinky man. Don't you, Kodiak? Everybody give a shout out to our favorite puppy who's by our feet. But there is, and it is kind of a little bit of a joke when we travel that uh, I always, I could take a nap really anywhere on a ferry boat, in a refugee camp. On a shelf. On a shelf, on a a gazebo in Indonesia with mm-hmm. guys taking pictures of me. <laughs> we call it getting horizontal. Yep. And getting horizontal. But in the evening, I have a hard time sleeping. How about you, Billy? Well, I would say that I don't have a hard time sleeping. Though I've been having a hard time like last week. But normally I have no problems getting seven hours of sleep. But I'm reading this book uh, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which you guys should all buy and and read. And um, he talked about how before the light bulb was created, the average person slept 11 hours a night. And then I said to Gina, one of the things I realized is Whenever we travel overseas, I always feel really, really well rested. And I also realize it's because I tend to go to bed earlier when I'm overseas. And like, I have no problem going to bed at like nine o'clock and then sleeping until six when I'm overseas. But at home, I feel like I'm always burning the candle on both ends. I feel like I want to, um, I feel like I do like a biphasal sleep. I've, I've, I've heard that. Like, I I don't know what that means. It was like Thomas Edison or some, a lot of. A lot of, a lot guys, of famous do it. guys do it, but they, you know, they sleep like six hours at night, but then they take like a three or four nap hour nap in the middle of the wow. day. I think yeah. that's going to be, that's what I, that's your that's new thing shoot for. But so it are is you going to take a nap during the podcast? No way. This is exciting. Yeah. It's kind of a boring question of the day talking about sleep. Well, they I can't all be winners, I guess. Right. <sighs> David, the next question of the day is this. What was your favorite part of your vacation last week? I was on vacation last week. Um, I really liked, I liked the snorkeling. We were down in the Keys and getting to go to some of the reefs and see What's some the of the. the coolest thing you saw? Uh, I saw this big blue fish. I don't know what it was. It was, but it was, it was large. It was like 18 inches. It was a blue fish. It was really pretty. It looked like something, you know, from Finding Nemo or something like that. Was it Nemo? No, no. Oh, it was Dory. It could have been, but a John, that's, that's a John Dory fish what that was based off of and it wasn't a john dory i'm not familiar with the john dory but i think just being with the family that's good you know playing playing with Corey. nice it's hot down there you can ask me my favorite part of my week or holy smokes is a hot in the keys that's why no one goes in the how summertime. hot was it like 86 96 like 96 106 yeah. no like 96 well my friend how was what was the high part of your hold on week? second i want to we're going to talk about as my friend in uh, Pakistan calls it, the hotness. Right now, I thought that's what Gina called you. And well, that's my that's my other nickname, Billy um, the Hotness. Yeah, it's a uh, hundred and eight today in his town, even though it's nine p.m. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, what was that? Is that me? Yeah, you were bumping the microphone. That's oh, okay. Man. Well, all right. So we're gonna transition into looking up i know that was real riveting conversation talking about the weather and sleep patterns okay my favorite part of last week were all the supreme court rulings they just were like boom 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 domino 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 and then had another one another one today on monday we're recording um really? the supreme court ruled in favor of the judge uh, the judge of the football coach who got fired for praying on the sidelines and, i didn't even know that happened yep and the supreme court ruled in favor that they can't prevent the coach from praying on the sidelines of the football game after the game or before the game. Or I always thought coaches prayed all the time 
in football games. Like, oh, God, I want to win, please. Well, well, that used to be the way, David, but now you get canceled if you do that. You pray for a win. That's right. So we had some really big Supreme Court turnovers, as you guys know. We had the, the religious school vouchers in Maine, which might pave the way for people to use their school of choice to send their kids to Christian education. So your taxes would pay for that instead of paying for it out of pocket, which is huge. Wow. Um, Concealed carry overturned in New York, which put certain restrictions on concealed carry, um, which basically made that almost nobody could do concealed carry, which New Jersey has a very similar law. So there's a chance that could get overturned. Maybe I could actually carry a handgun on the podcast. Oh, that's true. You can't because it's our lease. I could actually walk around our property here with a holster on. Legally, the cops told me. Right here. Yeah. During, while we're recording. We should. Do you want to record next <laughs> we week? We should record with guns? next week with just our guns on Next the week, table. I'm bringing my revolver and I'm just going to carry it. And we're going to do the revolve, revolver recap. Oh, man. This is going south. It is. And then, of course, Roe v. Wade, the one everybody's talking yeah. about, which I think is very. The overturning of that, I think, is vastly misunderstood by the majority of people. Um, it doesn't mean that ab- abortion is illegal. It means that it's in the hands of the state. And so it doesn't really change much for New Jersey. Um, but it's, uh, that was a big thing. And then today, um, you know, with the, uh, the prayer. So Supreme Court is on a roll. And so we need to keep praying for our nation because I have a feeling that these things are just going to be inflammatory, inflammatory, inflammatory. And uh, the last thing we need is more inflammation. No. But no. It's, it's good stuff that the Supreme Court's wrestling through. But you know what, Billy? One day every knee will bow. That's right. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's right. Man, I was like kind of moved to tears last yesterday when we were singing Tremble. Yeah, me too. We were talking about, you know, the name of Jesus. The darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. And I was just thinking about the images you see on the news of people literally trembling in anger hmm. over things of Christ. And, uh, man, the devil does know his time is limited here. And, uh, in the end we win. Yep. Well, we don't win, but he does. We get to, we get to come to the after party. Though. We do get to come to the party. Yeah. All right. Let's transition. What do you say? Transition into looking up, looking up. That was a, was an interesting opening. Well, I mean, it got political there for a little bit, but Shoo. Man. And then it got, All right, got gospel. So yesterday, got or sleepy. or on Sunday, this past Sunday, we we talked about another psalm. Billy came back, was back in the back in the saddle. Sure, you had two weeks where you were starting the tween class, and now you're you're back in the pulpit. And uh, it was good to have you back, Billy. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, Breton, back, back, Billy. Breton did a a good job. Steve, Steve did a good job. And, uh, but yeah, it's good to have you back. We are talking about Psalm 20 and I really, I actually texted this to Bill after the sermon that I really enjoyed, uh, yesterday, the way you, uh, broke down the, you know, the kind of the section of the trouble and then the section of, uh, you know, where your, where your desire is, is your desire lined up with Christ and then where you're putting your trust mm-hmm. and, looking at that through the lens of David, through the lens of Jesus and the lens of, you know, the new covenant, uh, believer. And, uh, I just thought it was really practical. It was really like, you know, thinking of big troubles, uh, in the world, but then also thinking of just smaller troubles of, you know, you know, 
kids being disobedient or, mm-hmm. you know, minor things around the house of, of how you're responding to them. So I just thought that was a really good way to, to look at, look at, uh, look at the world. So that was my summary. That was That's my good. big takeaway, Bill. I like it. That was good. I'm glad you thought it was practical. I, I kind of thought it was practical too, but, um, yeah, I'm glad that resonated with you. I've been thinking about it too. What's my desire in this? I think, think, feel like that's been a big thought process for me is when something happens, it's like, well, why am I upset? Like, what's my desire in this? And then is my desire biblically justified? Is it right? You know, those kinds of ideas. Yeah, because we're always going to have troubles. That's right. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So, Well, Jesus has. Well, I, I was quoting Jesus. I don't know. It just seems a little cocky. I haven't ever tro- I've never <laughs> come anything, Bill. You know me. I'm a train wreck. I've raised my cholesterol so I can lower it. <laughs> Raising it and lowering it. All right. Um, Perfect. So what's, let's look at on the ground. What's the on the ground for this week? How do we apply this week's sermon? And why don't you tell me? Because I preached it. I don't feel like repeating myself. You know. All I mean? right. This, you is, this is what I'm thinking. We look up. We look in. We look out. So looking up. Uh, how do we apply this? I would say we need to be seeking the Lord daily for his will for our life. We can't align our desires with the Lord's desires if we're not spending time in prayer and in the word. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, David, King David, not David McCumber, King David was connected to the Lord so he knew the Lord's desire. Yeah. Right? And uh, so that would be looking up, looking in. We talk about, you know, how do we interact with our community, our family, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, is we need to be reminding one another of, we can't just be drinking buddies. Mm -mm. We need to be reminding one another. So if you come to me or another brother or sister in Christ comes to me with a problem, I need to remind you of, well, what's, what's God's will in this? You know, is your desire aligned? You know, is you, are, are you putting your faith in, in the world or in Christ? Yeah. So reminding one another. Cause be- by yourself, you can kind of like convince yourself that anything is right. Yeah. You know, so you could be like, Bill, I really feel like I gotta do this. And I'm like, that's really not a good idea, David. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's important that you have friends who can say the hard things to you and ask the hard questions. Yeah. Otherwise you, uh. No bueno. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're having troubles, you know, consult with your brothers and sisters in Christ and and see if they can give you some godly wisdom or give that godly wisdom. Share a Bible verse and say, you know, this is this is God's heart in this matter. Is your heart aligned with that? Mm-hmm. And then I would say, looking out would be, you know, when when people are at work or your family or you know where you live, work, learn, and play. Um, don't don't just become a nervous Nelly or a worried Wendy. A worry wart? Yeah. You know, let people of, I know. I've never heard of worried Wendy before. Well, worried Willie? Sure. That's... You know, but we don't want to join in when people are talking about problems. We don't want to join in the gossip or join in sort of worry. We can say, this is what my hope and my trust is in. Mm-hmm. I'm not... You know, I'm concerned, I'm interested of what's going on in the world, but it doesn't overcome me. Yeah, that's you know? good. And what a great testimony. Yeah. It's simple. We, 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 we make it too complicated of like, 
I have to share my testimony of my whole walk with the Lord, but really just kind of saying, you know, my hope is in Christ. You know, I'm, I'm concerned of, of the gas prices because I, you know, have to pay them, but I trust that the Lord is in control and he will provide and, and what a great testimony. Yeah. Yeah. I think people notice it when you don't get worked up about stuff, you know, and they yeah. find it um, intriguing and it's because we live in a day and age where everybody gets worked up about everything. <clears throat> easily offendable. People are very easily offendable. Yeah. That's something Christian used to talk about all the time. Not being easily offended. You know how Jesus wasn't easily offended. Yeah. All of our offenses are nailed to the cross. Right. I need a new fence in my backyard. I said, I said offenses, not fences. All right. Well, I need fences. I thought you fixed that last week. Your neighbor told you oh, it needed was to be my, fixed. That was my other fence on the side. Oh my goodness. So many fences need to be mended in your life, Bill. I know. I need to defense my backyard. Put up a new offense. All right. Well, let's transition. We're going to take a quick 10 second break and we are going to transition into some Q&A where we talk about some of the troubles that revolve. Yeah. I'm putting my Q&A cap. All right, welcome back to our looking up, but we're looking at some Q&As, and let's talk about troubles at Revolve. Yeah. Saucy. Saucy. See, this is what you get when you listen to the podcast. You get saucy trouble. You get to listen. What are, what are the troubles at Revolve? You know, if you don't listen to the podcast, you might think it's all rainbow and sunshines, but... It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, so, yeah, we're, what are the things... We're folding. We're shutting the doors. <laughs> Tendered my resignation this morning to the elders. Nobody cared. Oh, that's not nice. That's I, not really didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, um, no, we, David and I were talking about, you know, what are the troubles that revolve? And so we feel like we identified a few troubles. I'm just going to list them off because they kind of like zig and zag into each other. And then we'll just kind of talk about what do we feel like that looks like. Um, what are our desires in that? And then how are we trust in God through it? And we're basically just winging this. Because yeah. we didn't really talk about it too much. We're doing kind of the Psalm 20 structure of, mm -hmm. of the sermon this weekend for, for Revolve. So the, in a word, we were trying to figure out what we feel is one of the dangers or troubles, and that would be complacency. Mm -hmm. um, we thought apathy was too strong of a word. It's like a little bit too negative. Yeah. But complacency, you know, like um, is a danger or a trouble at Revolve. And so... What do you think about when you hear that word? Like, how do you see Revolve as having a danger of complacency? And then I'll share what I think. Well, I think that for Revolve, you know, we can just become complacent would be, you know, we take the hub and we learn these disciple-making principles and we talk about disciple-making movements and starting Discovery Bible Studies and starting uh, discovery groups and turning them into... Um, discipleship groups and, but I think we could just become like, it just becomes like, well, I learned all these things and I wasn't able to start a group. So now I'm just going to go to revolve. It's almost like I, it's like we, we falsely convince ourselves that I know this. And since I know it, I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 And I feel like pre COVID there was a lot more, I don't want to say aggression, but a lot more momentum of starting discovery Bible studies with my neighbor and a group of friends or people within my, you know, uh, group of friends at the gym or, or whatever. 
And then kind of like COVID happened and we were cut off. So we became very like focused on our, on our own discipleship groups and with our own circle of friends and even our circle of friends got smaller. Oh yeah, totally. You know, and, but now it's like, okay, we need to live out the great commission again. And so I think just complacency is kind of like, I kind of got comfortable just hanging out with my friends. I don't really want to go out and start discovery Bible studies. Yeah. I think that's a great example of complacency. I think that, um, you, what you see is routine has set in for people. And I think that COVID and the pandemic, it like established a culture where routine was acceptable. Yeah. Well, a culture starts in like three years is what you yeah, kind of say. Established, yeah. And we had like two and a half years of the culture being okay with being inwardly focused. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. And so I think that we have a sense in which all these things are established. And so how I see complacency and revolve is it's like for a lot of people who were involved before, like they used to serve, they used to be in a DG, they used to, they used to, they used to, now they just come to Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Or another example of that is we used to have like 12, 12 or 15 discipleship groups I think now we have like six, six. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we have a lot of people who left DGs. Um, we have a lot of people, the same people who come to the book club. And I think routine is fine, but it can also be dangerous because I remember when we used to do, um, like we haven't done it in a while, but we used to do fight club, which was basically like a men's doctrine class and men's discipleship, which we should really do another one. But, um, I remember uh, we had a start date and an end date because we didn't want it to just become like Saturday morning men's Bible study that goes on forever. It's like, no, you have a purpose. Why are we here? And I think that goes back to one of the other troubles facing Revolve, which is there's a lack of vision. And um, and I, I know I've struggled with it because when I think about when before the pandemic, it was like, we're going to train people. And then we're going to release them. We're going to release them to Greece where they can go and serve in Moria. And then we're going to, you know, that, that was like a really tangible process. We're training you. We're releasing you. We're sending you. We're sending you to Greece. We're sending you to New York City. This is our process. This is our plan. And then the pandemic happened. Moria burned down. Moria closed. Blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, well, what are we aiming at? Because you can't, we can't just train you and send you to Pakistan. And so I think that there's a sense in which God is forcing us to re-establish a vision. But what's been hard for me and for the elders is often when I try to think about the vision, it feels more like I'm brainstorming a vision than that I feel inspired with a vision. And the only vision that I currently feel really inspired in is I feel like we train people well and I feel like God maybe his vision for us locally instead of our vision was like, let's have discipleship groups, discovery Bible studies all over the County. But I just don't even know if I see that as a good vision or if it would be better off to have our vision be, we're going to train you and release you and train you and release you. And some people are going to move away. Some people are going to stay, but I don't know. So I think that there's a sense in which there is complacency in our congregation because the people don't feel inspired. And I think the reason the people don't feel inspired, if I'm honest, and I don't want you want to admit it out loud, is that 
I think that we have a very compelling global vision, but I don't feel like we have a really compelling local vision right now because COVID just like obliterated that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, because it's really easy to get excited about the work that we're doing in the, you know, the Middle East and, you know, delivering Bibles to closed access countries. Like that's a really exciting vision and we're seeing fruit from that. But then, you know, it's not as, you know, to keep this PCC, but it's not very sexy to just oh, yeah. to be like, bow, bow. we want to see more Discovery Bible studies yeah. started. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not as, it's not as, uh, it's not as sexy. I mean, that's a good way to say it. It's like, you know, you starting a Discovery Bible study at your um, office during lunch break is awesome. But it's harder to get people excited about that than to be like, are you ready to be spiritual James Bond? We're going to sneak into Syria in a barrel. But I think, what, out. I think what we're seeing, though, from, from being a church now of 10 years is, you know, maybe five years ago, starting a Discovery Bible study at your work, at your lunch break, may have been really exciting. Mm-hmm. and But the people who six years ago or five years ago were trying to do that. They all moved and they, they moved or they, or, <laughs> or they gave up or they, they gave got up tired of trying, you know, because I know it's, it's easy for how many groups you and I have started that have fizzled out. Yeah. It gets discouraging. So trying to reignite that excitement with people who have been a part of revolve for so long yeah. that maybe didn't see the fruit that they expected to see. Yes. So I feel like that's the trouble. The trouble is complacency. It's intertwined with lack of vision and mobilization and all these kinds of things. So the desire, when I think about this is the problem, what do I desire? I, think, I yeah, go on, you go. I think now, you know, we're like Bill said, we're kind of just doing this on the fly, but the desire is to see the Lord's name made great to the ends of the earth and it needs to start here and spread. Yeah. And I think if we look at that as the desire of making God's name great to the ends of the earth, but it needs to start, you know, even when Jesus gave the great commission, you know, he started in Judea and Samaria and then the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. And if people were inspired by that greater vision but the root of that greater vision is here in Cape May County. Like that, that's the desire. The desire is to see Christ's name made great. The desire isn't, I want to start some groups. Yeah. The desire isn't, I want to see Revolve get to 200 people or, you know? Right. So if we make our desire in line with making Christ's name great, that's the biblical desire. Yeah. I think that's really good. It's hard to improve on that. Wow. Thank you. Pretty good. So then what do we trust in? Uh, well, what I was going to say, what we trust in is that it's a long obedience in the same direction. And when you were sharing, I was thinking about something that I wrote down in my journal like th- four years ago or three years ago, is that we have these pots that we use like for cooking at our house. And it's three different pots, you know, big, medium, and small. And they kind of like nest in each other with the handles 
So it's like a pot with handles on the side and you put the biggest one and the medium one and the small one. And one time I was reading the book of Acts, like David was just talking about. And I had this picture in my brain of if I put those pots in the sink and I just started filling up the small one, eventually the small one gets full and then it overflows into the medium. And then the medium one eventually gets full and it overflows into the large one. And then eventually they're all full and then it overflies out of it. And I think that sometimes what we do is we, before the small one is even full, we start, like if you think about it from a people perspective, we start trying to fill up the big pot or the, or the one out of it, mm-hmm. you know, on the outside. But it's like the best thing to do is just to keep filling it up. And I think you think about it from the perspective of, of uh, the book of Acts, they were pouring into the church in Jerusalem and then that grew so that when persecution happened, it spread. They didn't begin with a strategy for reaching the ends of the world, even though that was commanded of them. They focused on what was right in front of them and it overflowed. And if I think about like the different things that have happened, people who have moved, um, people who have transitioned to different churches because, uh, you know, they moved 30 minutes up the road, this kind of stuff. Like God has done that naturally, but it wasn't because we had some grand scheme that we were going to, you know, kick the lassers out and make them move to the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. It was because God moved them in his providence, but we were faithful to pour into them while they were here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing with the Vances, like they felt compelled to go. And so I think what we trust in is that you keep your eyes fixed on the cross and you keep doing what you're doing. And you believe that it's going to be impactful in the long run. Does that make sense? That makes great sense. And I think, I mean, if you're a podcast listener, we already said you're on the, you're on the podcast listener team mm-hmm. and what you just witnessed or listened to is, is pretty cool. What we, what we were, what we processed through was basically what you talked about in the sermon yesterday. So we just modeled for you how to take the troubles in your life, address them, figure out your desire versus what God's desire is through a biblical Mm -hmm. lens, and then see where do you put your trust and your faith as you move forward. Yeah. So we just modeled that. I'm a model. What a bonus. What a bonus. Are you a hand? Are you a hand model or a face face and body boy? A different breed. Yeah, we, we've, we've really established that on the podcast, Bill is the face and body boy. I don't know. And I'm more of the hand model, you know, because I'm like typing and making the designs and the graphics happening, but you're like, and you're I'm the just face. like, when I was a kid, I was always more interested in what bark was made out of. Yeah. You know, like I'm here, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll give it my best shot. All right. Well, uh, we hope that was encouraging to you with this. This wasn't, you know, we weren't, we weren't giving anyone a, a, a word spanking. No, you know, like I get your butt gear revolve, you bunch of idiots. That's no, not what it was. If anything, I, I, yeah, I blame myself. Yeah. So hopefully that wasn't discouraging. We hope it was encouraging because I'm we are. Discouraged. Oh my gosh, I'm discouraged. Well, what's going on next Sunday? Maybe next so Sunday will be encouraged this by Sunday. Psalm. I don't know. Like I'm either going to do Psalm 16 or Psalm 19. Well, that's like going backwards because you did Psalm 20. Well. 
I thought you were going to do Psalm 23. Psalm 139, Psalm 51. I don't know. There's like, a, I feel like we have one more week of Psalms, and then I think I'm going to transition into a different series. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. I'm yet. not going to tell them. So I, I, I don't know. I think Psalm 16 might be a good one, or Psalm 51 might just be like a really another practical, like, Psalm of confession. Yeah. So I, I read know. Psalm 27 this morning. Well, and it the 27th was the 27th day of the month. I know. And it was, who shall I fear? We got the Lord on my side. Who shall I fear? Mm-hmm. Man, what a great, what a great everyday thing. Who shall I fear? I'm not going to fear man. I'm not going to fear Kodiak, Kodiak, the bear or the dog or the dog. You know, who shall I fear? I got the Lord on my side. But the one thing I'm going to seek is to be in the presence of the Lord. That was a great psalm. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to look in and we're going to hear what's going on with the kids book club. The tweens. Yep. The Sermon on the Mount class. We got Brett and we're going to call him in. Brett and calling him in. Booty bop. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. We are going to be looking in at what is up with Revolve. What's up? With Revolve. So what's going on, Bill? We got the the tweens, tweens book club. Got so many tweens things going on. We got the tweens on Sunday morning, which I think has been going great. Maybe it's because I was just leading the class for the first two weeks. But the Cam Fam did it yesterday. They said it went well. Emma said it went well. Um, I think they had like fourteen kids yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so so far the kids learned. They're learning the attributes of God, the tw- big twenty attributes of God that we want every kid to know by the time they get out of elementary school. And so um, they talked about God as creator two, uh, three weeks ago, God as holy two weeks ago, and God as unchanging yesterday. And the Camerons left the kids with a great discussion question, which your kids should have asked you if they didn't, mine didn't. If they didn't, then you ask them. And that question is, how has God changed you? Hmm. Because God is unchanging, but we are not. Yeah. And so how has God changed you? It's a great question. And so uh, bring it up with your kids. That's the tweens during Sunday. And then tween book club. We are finishing up Where this week. Where do we go when we die? What happens when we die, David? Yep. And I have to admit it. That's a heavy, heavy topic. It's been a great, it's been a great month. I've really enjoyed it. My kids have enjoyed it. Yeah. And I actually feel like I understand my uh, eschatology. Uh, that's a fancy word for future events. I feel like I understand better um, what kind of what the new heavens and the new earth is all about. I feel like the first exercise we did for the first week is we had the kids draw on the board what you thought heaven would be like. Mm-hmm. And like every kid drew like a harp and clouds and pearly gates. I kind of feel like if we did the same question with adults... Oh, yeah. We get the same drawings. Because we're all shaped, like, everyone's understanding of heaven and hell is more shaped by culture than by the Bible. Yeah. And so every kid, you're like, what does hell look like? And they were like, it's just like dark cave, like black and like lava. And there's just like stalactites and stalagmites and, and dust mites and Satan is there and like this game of thrones kind of you know chair he's, he's playing like, metallica ah, he's playing metallica ah, ah. on the guitar yeah. he's just shredding on some pantera yeah you know and and then it's like every kid described have hell like that yeah 
So maybe we could do the same book as for adults because I, I read what? the book and I was like, the wow. book is great. Yeah. I would, I would, I don't even, I mean, it's definitely geared towards teens, but the truth is if anybody has questions about heaven and hell, I would probably encourage you to read this book more than like picking up uh, Randy Alcorn's tome on heaven, which most people won't read. You know what I mean? What does a tome mean? Tome, like a big fat book. Oh, see, I don't even know how to say big fat book. I don't even know what tome means, so I shouldn't even be well, that's wading why, in those waters. That's why I got you this book written for teenagers. So what's been the biggest win? For me and my family, the biggest win is the conversations that we have during the week. And as we remind each other, mind each other, remind each other about that, I feel like we've had a lot of conversations about the new earth and just like how the things that, well, I don't want to ruin the book, but we've had a lot of good conversations. Uh, the, the good conversations we've had, uh, one of the, it was one of the first weeks we, we said, to look at the world around us and say, is this the way God intended the world or is this results of the fall? You know, because we can get a glimpse of heaven by looking at Eden, mm-hmm. you know, the My daughter. Yeah. Really? <laughs> she's feisty. She's feisty Eden. Yeah. But, um, so we, so we have these discussions of when we see things or when we do things, we go, is that, is that how God wants us to live? Is that how God intended it yeah, to be? Yeah, is that part of the design or yeah. part of the... That's a good... I, I, and you know what? That question wound up being really powerful. I don't even think that question was planned. No. It just came up in the first or uh, first or second session. Yeah. Another thing is we had one girl, one, uh, one child received Jesus yeah. and wanted to get baptized. And so that's exciting. Yeah. So that's been really cool. So we've enjoyed that. So we're going um, to call Breton. Bretton's going to give us a, an update on, on the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. So it's like a book club, but it's like a book of the Bible. All right. We have Bretton live from the Mount boop, of boop, Olives. Boop, 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 boop. I think the Sermon on the Mount class has been uh, a lot of fun. Um, for I told uh, Jason in the, in the class at the beginning that I felt a little intimidated because uh, most, pretty much all of the doctrine classes I've done in the past or book clubs have been more topical. Um, and, and I feel more at home in kind of that systematic theology approach to these classes versus like, um, so systematic theology being like, um, picking a particular question, like what is, what is humanity? What is God? What is sin? And then you kind of, you bring together and, and, uh, synthesize all the, the passages and the story of scripture to then come to a systematic conclusion. And so that's kind of where, I guess I feel more at home versus doing like just like a more traditional Bible study. And so that was, so I told the class like that was a intimidation factor for me because I hadn't done it in a while, but the class just made it so easy. Um, They're an amazing group. Um, Discussion has been great, um, at least in in my opinion. And, you know, I really feel like it's the entire class contributing. Um, You know, obviously, you know, I'm very talkative and you have, you know, others who are more vocal, uh, which is helpful and and helps give support to those who are you know more introverted and and less vocal. It, it, they don't feel like they have to fill the space, but they're still able to contribute, which has been really really awesome. And so, um, you know, I think the challenge, you know, the Sermon on the Mount is is I really think something that I, I got away from it, but I tried to listen to on uh, my Dwell Bible app at least once a week. 
uh, because it really is just like a great man it is a great rich packed um you know um part of scripture um and really getting to what Jesus expects of his followers in this kind of already not yet tension of the kingdom being here. And so here's the kingdom ethic, um, but yet the kingdom isn't fully realized. And so you are going to experience persecution. And how do you react to that? Um, you're going to have feelings of anxiety. And so what is Jesus teaching in regard to that and things like that? And, and there's going to be false teachers. And so how do we respond to that? And that's kind of what we're looking at. And this week is Matthew seven and, you know, judge not, and, you know, don't cast your pearls to swine and, um, you know, you'll know false teachers by their fruit, et cetera. Um, so I, it's been great. So I, I've had a blast, uh, teaching with Jason has been uh, a lot of fun. Jason and I have known each other for, oh my gosh, uh, been solid friends for, you know, holy crap, probably 25 years now. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been just for me, it's been a lot of fun. So hopefully, uh, that's, I don't have any necessarily specific examples, but it's just been overall, I, I feel really good. Well, Bretton, thank you for that, uh, for that update. And mm-hmm. I do apologize to our listeners for that saucy language. You dropped the, the C-R-A-P word. Oh, my goodness. This is a family show. It's a family show. I don't need to hear about your... C-Rap. Yeah. Come on. But... Uh, Potty mouth. But, yeah, I think my biggest thing that Bretton said that I liked was uh, when he talked about how we live in the the kingdom here, but not quite yet. That's kind of what he was talking mm-hmm. about. Already not yet. Already not yet. I think there's a, there's a good thing that we wrestle with as believers, so... Alrighty. Hey, we don't have time to go into it too much, guys, but I want you to know that David and I have been making some um, disciple-making principle videos on our YouTube channel. So um, if you're watching this or listening to it on YouTube, you can go right to the channel and find those. Um, you can probably look at them like here, 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 yeah. here. I'm just going like to point. Mm-hmm. I'll work on that. And then uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're using... Um, go to our YouTube channel. Do you remember the URL for our YouTube channel, David? It's, it's like uh, youtube.com slash. It's youtube.com slash C slash. I don't know why that C is there. I can't figure out how to get rid of it. For church. C for church. And then it's just Revolve Church NJ. Revolve Church NJ, not yep. Revolve NJ. I don't remember, Bill. Anyway, go check it out, guys. Yeah, we're making some videos, uh, little kind of snippets of the hub to kind of remind us um, what we learned. And uh, this week... Uh, we posted a video about abiding. And I don't want to lie. I mean, I don't want to brag, David, but one of our videos has 43 views. So Really? 47 views. Man, so, our, our moms have been really busy last week yep. getting refreshed over yep. and over again. That's what happens. All right. We're going to take a quick break and give you... We had a, we had a, a pretty dramatic week mm-hmm. with one of our... Uh, missions partners from overseas and we're going to give you a quick update on that so come back saucy real soon all right welcome back to our looking out segment where we talk about what's going on in the world with the people whom we're reconnected to with revolve Mm -hmm. and we had an issue with one of our partners who is in southeast asia and my dad is calling me. So we're going to um, give you guys some updates now as we look out at the world and our mission partners. And we had a pretty dramatic week 
last week with one of our partners um, from Southeast Asia who moved to a new location. So David, why don't you launch into it? Give us a little bit of deets. All right. So as you know, um, again, we have to be a little vague because it's, uh, it's, you know, it's dangerous where they're at, but they, uh, one of our missionary partners moved to a new area of the country to start a new ministry with some unreached people groups. So people who have not heard the gospel or, or don't have established uh, churches and movements happening there. And they, over over the last month have been getting a lot of pushback from the local government, but it kind of all came to head this week with 40 agents coming to their house and ransacking their house and confiscating their passports. Can I just can I just add in some levity? All I could picture when he was telling us the story is like the scene from the Matrix. Like it's just like forty agents, forty Mr. Smiths, like black suits, white shirt, sunglasses, just swarming his house. Yeah, but the but they're from Southeast Asia, so they probably were wearing like cut off sleeves. And like flip flops, or like fatigues. You see, like the oh, yeah. everybody wears fatigues in, in like the government agencies. Yeah, smoking cigarettes. Smoking Definitely cigarettes, smoking cigarettes. Fatigues, little short brim cadet hat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And carrying an M sixteen that doesn't work. Yeah, you're such a good storyteller, Bill. You painted that story so well because that's I, I'm definitely envisioning that. It showed up in a pickup truck, but like fifteen guys in the back of a Toyota. What's it called? Hilux? Ah, the, oh, the Hilux. What a cool truck that's illegal in America. It's rollover rate. Yeah. So they... But this is scary. I mean, they quick, got three little kids, right? Yeah, three little kids. You have, um, well, it's two little kids with a third on the way, I believe. That hasn't been publicly announced yet. Good <laughs> Don't job, tell Bill. anybody. Don't, Don't tell, tell anybody. anybody. But they... But yeah, so they're a family... Little kids, government agents in their house, ransacking it, steals, takes their passports. And that's like, you you don't want to lose your passport. And they said, you need to meet with the boss in a hotel tomorrow. Come alone. Which If you've you've ever seen a movie and they say that, it's trouble. And you just picture you're walking into the hotel. He's sitting by himself at this huge conference table. Uh Like the Yakuza. With a cat, with a tiger. Pet oh. tiger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just now this is I know we're making jokes about it because it worked out for the glory of God. Yes. But you can imagine if you're in the situation and you get two pickup trucks of Southeast Asian dudes in fatigue showing up at your house and then demanding your paperwork and confiscating your passport. Your kids are crying. You're there as a missionary illegally. Illegally. <laughs> You're there as an illegal missionary. They tell you to go to see the boss man in an undisclosed location that nobody else can come to, but you come alone mm-hmm. and you go in and he's petting a tiger. Yeah. And so of course he sends out a prayer to everybody to pray for this meeting. And he said that, after he sent out that text to all their uh, mission partners to pray that they've both felt this like real peace. So you think of the intensity of the moment and God's word says, be anxious of nothing, but in all things give thanks and prayer and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will uh, come to you. Guard your mind, guard your heart. So they gave it to God and he said that they had this supernatural peace and they went and they met with the guy 
And he was like, NBD. Yep. He was like, Hey, here's your passport. I just told you to meet me here. Cause I didn't feel like getting up. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. And they just had to update some paperwork and glory to God that everything worked out. So, so they're currently driving to one of the main cities on their Island mm-hmm. and it was like a 24 hour drive. Yeah. And they have to like go fill out some more paperwork so we can keep praying that that goes smoothly. Yeah. And we'll give you an update if we hear anything else. But uh, so that is uh, what's going on with our missionary partners. Uh, there's obviously much more, but that was kind of the big news for the week. So we're going to land this plane with a call to action. Rapid fire. Bill, I'm going to call it out. You give me the answers. Okay. Yes. This is what you're to do this week. If you're. Come to Revolve, if you're a podcast listener, YouTube watcher, call to action. We want to be people of action. We're not just hearers of the word. No, we're doers. Heck no, we're doers of the word. I'm not like a man who looks in the mirror and then forgets what his face looks like. Come on. call that a fool, bro. All right. What are we doing? Looking up, connecting to God. Well, you can't know whether or not your desires are biblical if you're not in the Bible. So if you're not currently reading and reflecting on the Bible daily, then begin doing that. You can pick a reading plan on our website. If you go on our website, you will find it. Yeah. Make a plan. Come on. Don't just open up the Bible and, you know, point to something. Come up with a plan. Don't do Bible roulette. Nope. And then, so looking in, what do we do with our, within our body, within our family of Christ? So once you come up with that um, plan, share it with someone and invite someone to do it with you. Similarly, if you have a desire and you're not sure if it's from the Lord, then share it with somebody else and ask them, is this biblical? Yeah. All right. And then looking out, what about going out into the world? Every day as you read something, share it with somebody else, either for encouragement for edification, or maybe it's sharing it with someone who's far from God and they need to hear some of that good old truth. Yeah. I read Psalm 27 today and I read it on the podcast. So I get like 40 shares. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Well, I read first Kings 19 after Elijah fights the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. And what struck me from that chapter was how Elijah was like complaining to God. And then God was like, well, go anoint Elisha because he's the new prophet. Yeah. And I was like, man, I should be thankful and not complain because what if God just takes away my blessing? No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. But it was something I was thinking about. Yeah. Don't be a complainer. Don't be a whiner. Yep. So there you go. Right there. That right there is all we're saying. When we say share what you read. If someone's complaining, you can say, you know what? I was reading this passage today and Elijah was complaining and God said this. And I was just really encouraged that, you know what? There's a lot of blessings in my life, and I need to not be such a complainer. Don't be a baby. There it is. That's the last word. Don't be a baby. Final word. Don't be a baby. Baby. Be a big boy. Be a big boy. Put on your big boy pants. Yep. When I was a baby, I used to eat like a baby. But now I'm a big boy. Yep, and I eat meat. (laughs) Getting that word of God. Don't just listen to sermons online. I get that meat. Be a big boy. Big boy.